the voice of the Blue Bombers one-on-one with Mike O'Shea. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Coaches Show brought to you by DeKalb. Book by December 15th and save with the DeKalb Instant Discount. Bombers winners uh, yet again. What is it now? Three games remaining plus a bye week. Coach O'Shea, how do you feel after 15 games? Pretty good. Do you feel like you have a, a 40% chance? Well, no, sorry. Calgary has a 40% chance to win the Grey Cup. Did you see the CFL simulation on I the did, CFL? I did not. Calgary has a I'm four- sure you're going to fill me in. Calgary has a 40% chance to win the Grey Cup. The Bombers have a 28% chance to win the Grey Cup. And when you kind of math that out, you go, really? The Stamps are like a 14-point favorite in a potential West Final in Winnipeg? Hmm. I might I might be on the other side of that, uh, that one. Uh, your overall impression? Of the game against the Riders on the weekend. I thought we got done what we needed to get done. You know, I thought, uh, like in any game, there's, you know, plays that you'd like to have back and um, ebbs and flows, uh, you know, throughout the game. But for the most part, our guys were were pretty darn good. Didn't like the penalties at the end, that's for sure. But, uh, well, then we'll learn from a move on. I feel like, and feel free to bat this one away. I feel like Willie Jefferson is too tall for some officials and for f- some five <laughs> foot ten inch quarterbacks. I he's been that tall for a long time. I know. I the the first roughing the passer on Mason Fine. I thought is that just because Willie's tall? Uh, it was called the next one. He he clunks him in the head, and uh, ultimately everybody gets out. It seemed like in 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 pretty good health, and the Bombers move to thirteen and two. Let's go to the phone lines and welcome in Steve. Steve, thank you for your call. Your question for the head coach. Hi, Coach. Uh, I called last month and, and, and sort of danced around this as well. Um, the, the, the legacy of winning three great cups in a row, I, I, I know the pandemic and everything, but the legacy of winning three great cups in a row is beyond important. I'm a few years older than you, Coach, but if you guys were to win three great cups in a row, that would live on beyond my lifetime, beyond your lifetime, that would be something that is talked about 50, 60, 70, 100 years from now. It would be. And and I know you know that in the back of your mind, and I know you don't want to answer this question, so I guess I'll, ask, I'll answer for you. But you, you have to be, I mean, I'm sorry, I said that in a, in a negative way. You must be aware, Coach, that to win this great cup would be, and I know you're going to say next game, the next to win this great cup would be a legacy that would be lived on in Winnipeg for over a hundred years. And I'm just wondering if in the back of your mind, and I know you're going to say next game, but if you, if you would share a candid moment in the back of your mind, do you realize how, how much it would mean to everybody here? If, if we could go three gray cups in a row. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you, Steve. We're supposed to say something here? No? Uh, it, you don't want dead air? <laughs> <laughs> I would I would love not dead air. Um, I, I'm sure it would mean a lot to a lot of people. We have unbelievable fans that have expressed how much um, this team has meant to them, win or lose, to tell you the truth. Um, over the years, what it's meant to their families. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of stories about how people – 
get to become bomber season ticket holders or bomber fans for life. So um, it's all pretty cool. Uh, the idea of legacy, I, I just think there's too many people this day and age that worry way too much about that uh, when they should be worried about doing their job or doing something well, being excellent at something, and let other people sort out what that means to them later on in life. But uh, there's a lot of, especially a lot of young athletes that are not even reached their prime in their career that are worried about their legacy, and I just find it very frustrating. It's not... Uh, it's not really for us to decide. It's for us to just, we just put in hard work, try to be excellent. <laughs> and <laughs> later on in life, somebody sorts that out for you, tells you what, how good you were maybe, but, or maybe not. It's, it's for the end, right? When you're done coaching, you may look back it's, and go, hey, we won five in a row. It's not even for me to consider, you know? I don't know. I think it's, <laughs> Somebody else talks about that, not well, not you. We not. do because we had we had a conversation in the pregame show of how many current bombers will go into the Ring of Honor one day, and I can imagine your your brain just had your eyes glaze over. But we, there is a non-zero chance we're in a very special era of blue bomber football, and you, perhaps more than anybody, understand that fans really are one appreciative of what you do and two really feeling how how this team has been. I suspect you hear it every week, every day, every time you're in public. Yeah. And I I I think I believe that um having fans that are proud of their team and the way they play um regardless of outcome is is important for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, we want we want players to love, and we want coaches to love, and we want a team to love, and yeah, we want a team that's connected to our community. And well, we got a great bunch of guys on the team that do a lot for in the community, um, and they also understand how much the community has given them. Mm-hmm. That's not that's certainly not lost on them. They understand that they 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 understand that they play on a weekly or biweekly basis. They they play in front of absolutely fantastic. Um, members of this community in this province, and they they really appreciate it. All right, let's go back to the phone lines and welcome in. Mike is with us. Mike, welcome to the Coach's Show. Uh, question for the coach, Mike O'Shea? Yeah, first of all, the thought that anybody's favorite over us to win the Great Cup is absurd. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you preach to the choir, Mike. Absolutely. So this is kind of a leadership question, Coach. You know, uh, the Jets are going this year without a captain, and basically they told their old captain they'd rather have nobody than you. You know, it's a shame that they don't have somebody to fill that void as that alpha male leader, shot caller, whatever you want to call it. Obviously, you're knee deep in them, coach. So, my question to you is, how important do you think a captain is, and what makes a good captain? And I'm going to hang up and listen off the air. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, we've never named captains, um, so if that tells you what I think about the importance of having somebody wear a letter or be named or nominated or whatever that process is. I think uh, when you fill your room full of leaders, and I think every team, no matter what the sport and what level, you're always uh, trying to develop leaders and identify the leaders, and you're always trying to encourage um, those leaders or anybody for that matter, to take the opportunities when they arise to to help lead. Um, now, obviously, people have to know how to follow too, but um, I, I don't see a problem. I'm, I'm not in the Jets' room. I'm not 
I don't coach there. I'm just saying what we do or what we've done. You just encourage the guys to to recognize opportunities to lead and take those opportunities. Um, you give the we give the players ownership over over the dressing room and how the team is run. Um, and you just keep on trying to add leaders to the room, um, whether it's drafting or free agency or or uh, what have you. You just kind of try to keep on building that group so it's not just a core couple guys. It's a massive amount of guys that, that understand uh, what it takes. So uh, I've, you know, really I should have no comment on it, but that doesn't, <laughs> you, you know, um, you asked me, how we do it and we've we've never named one one specific guy or a group of guys it's just they lead each and every one of them takes a turn leading at some point i think we probably assume that the guys who go out for the coin flip uh, no, big hill and toss, yeah. are are the captains they're but leaders for they're sure. the coin flip guys i played for a coach who always sent out a guy that was not going to see the field to do the coin toss okay and i that's not what we do we have a certain idea about the coin toss, and our guys go out and perform the coin toss, right? <laughs> Adam goes, he calls heads. They're, they're absolutely, those guys that go out are leaders, and they're, yeah. they know what they're doing. Um, but just, you know, once again, the, the idea of captains, they're all, ca- in my mind, they're, they're all captains at some point. I was having this discussion at practice last week, and it was comparing your team to another team, and which I think was didn't have a ton of leaders. And I started looking around the field, and I go, "Well, that guy, and that guy, and that guy, and well, everybody's following that guy." And man, they loved it when that guy came to practice when he was injured. And I, there are, you made a real neat, interesting point about being able to lead and follow at the same time. But you, you have a lot of guys who I think I truly believe other players would follow, and I. Yep, that's and, and not accidents. Yeah, and they don't. You know, in our group, they don't need to be called anything to to choose to lead, right? And once again, even the even the young guys, new to our team, if they if there's a situation that that comes up that they recognize as a moment where they can step up, then I hope they do it. I like it. He is the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Gail and Kevin will come to you on the other side of the break. It's the Coaches Show, 204-780-6868, right here on 680-CJOB. Coaches Show brought to you by DeKalb. Book by December 15th and save with the DeKalb Instant Discount. I put it out on Twitter. I said, send me your questions for Coach Mike O'Shea or try to make him laugh. I got two questions about your legs, Coach. Uh, (laughs) I just laughed. There you go. There you go. Uh, Retired guy says, for a guy who always wears shorts, why are Mike's legs so pale? And Guy Incognito says, for how long will Coach O'Shea wear shorts? Second question first, I'll wear shorts until it's not comfortable to wear shorts for me anymore. I have no problem wearing pants. I don't have a rule that says when I go to pants or not. When it's cold enough that day to wear pants to make me comfortable, that's what I'll do. I appreciate that question, though. (laughs) And why are my legs so pale? Because I'm Irish. There you go. There you go. Uh, A friend of mine, I, I played football with him. He became the offensive coordinator at the University of Manitoba, Jeff Stead. Uh, he wore shorts religiously, and they had to come to him one day and go, at least let me put Vaseline on your legs because it's so cold, you're going to die. If you, He's like, okay, fine. Some some folks are weird about shorts. You're Wait just, a second. He had someone apply Vaseline to his legs other I, than him? It may have been a trainer. He may have done it himself, but uh, but that sounds, just— That sounds odd. —was just pre- just begging him at minus 30 to whatever it was to, to put some on because, my goodness. Uh, so uh, Coach just likes to be comfortable. We learned that today.
on the Coaches Show. Gail is with us. Uh, Gail, welcome to the Coaches Show. Your question for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Good evening, gentlemen. Congrats on the win for the team and you, Coach. Um, question. Any of the injured people coming back this week? Mm. Uh, hope. I hope Gail. we don't lose Dalton Schoen. And my wish for you guys is to just take it to the Elks, and I'll go off the air. Bye. Thank you, Gail. Yeah, we're looking forward to the Elks game. Uh, Dalton Schoen got uh, out of the game just yes, fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, um, I don't think anybody's coming back this week, but there's a bunch of guys close. So we'll just continue to monitor them, and Al and his crew will continue to help them get better. One question we had during the broadcast that we forgot to ask, did Donald Rutledge leave the game injured, or was that a personnel choice? Uh we have different packages that we use Redicram D in. Mm-hmm. And so we went to a different package at that time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We were just we were just curious because all of a sudden seventeen got a lot of reps and we we're like, oh, mm-hmm. this is no, oh, this is nice. It's good it's good for Reda to get a chance to uh to get some run. Kevin is with us on the on the phone line. Kevin, your question for the head coach Mike O'Shea. Yeah, I was just wondering if there's any interest in bringing Paul Lapolis back into the organization in some capacity either this season or in the offseason. Or I guess it would be kind of early. But. Yeah, Paul LaPolice uh, let go by the Ottawa Red Blacks after this last game. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I've got my own opinion about uh, him being let go. Obviously, I'm not in that organization. But I do think that he was, uh, you know, dealt a terrible blow when he lost his starting quarterback. I mean, that's, it's hard for anybody to, re- yeah. it's hard for anybody to recover from. So, uh, you know, we're, we, we got a very good staff here. Right now, so uh, we'll just continue going the way we're going. Buck's done an amazing job. He's oh for sure. He's unbelievable. He's so hardworking, and you know he's every every year he just uh, has obviously taken in a pile of information, and now he's molded it to to be his own. And it's the players, uh, the the players really I think love playing for him. So. I think it's pretty, no, I agree. pretty evident. I, think he was un- I said I agree. I think he was unfairly fired as well. So. Yeah. Um, okay, thanks, Coach. Yep. Excellent. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate you being with us on the Coach's Show. Uh, uh, just on uh, Buck Pierce as, as the coordinator, I was looking at it because you and I talked about it earlier today. Uh, you've had 10 different guys carry the football outside of Mark Leggio. Uh, which is the most of the Canadian football. I'm, I would wager outside of Edmonton, no, you've not, no other team has had more players catch the football uh, this season. There is there is no one he will not use to in order to attack a defense, will he? Like I would normally expect teams to concentrate on. I want to get this guy the ball. He feel it feels like everybody gets a chance to touch the football in Bucks offense. Yeah, he's very creative and he understands. I mean, being a player, he completely understands the value of getting everybody involved. I mean, there's only one football, and on offense, you know. A lot of these guys want the football, but he does a great job of making sure it gets spread around and putting guys in position to be successful and finding out what guys can do and not never focusing on what they can't, always focusing on what they can do for the for the team. Yeah, it's it's been a treat. Uh, one of the top offenses in the Canadian Football League, led by Buck Pierce. Let's go back to the phone lines and welcome in Judy. Judy, thanks for your call. Your question for the head coach. Hi, coach. Hi, Judy. Hi. I think he got nice legs. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I appreciate that. Anyway, I just want to let you know that I got a signed football for Buck Pierce. Oh, well, th- th- you're one of the lucky ones. Although I'm sure he signs any autographs, you know. I'm sure he'll 
people see him and they, I, you know, I get asked sometimes if I'm Buck Pierce. It's excellent. Do you really? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> that's all right. I'd like to, you know, it's, that's a compliment. No, after my sister died, I phoned in and talked to Buck and he met us at a coffee shop personally. Yeah, he is, he is that type of guy. He's an excellent dude. And uh, I've got the football here. It's a good story, Judy. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right, Judy, thanks for your call. Appreciate you being with us. 204-780-6868. I'll just, I'll, were you surprised to see uh, Paul Appelese let go in Ottawa? I don't know how far you want to go into it based on your first answer. but No, I, I, this stuff doesn't surprise me. As, as coaches, we understand the business. Um, once again, I, I, I feel badly. It doesn't, doesn't make anybody feel good. Uh, that's for sure. Um, you feel for his family. You're talking about real people here with, you know, wife and children and kids that, you know, his, their age, they just don't understand this stuff, right? They just, they just get sad. <laughs> so, you know, I think that's one of the things people fail to realize when they say or write or blog or comment, you're dealing with real people and, most people that do that, that have those comments and do those things, don't have jobs where people scrutinize them on a daily basis in public. I'd like to walk into uh, an accounting office sometime and, you know, like wherever, wherever. People's regular jobs, they just don't have to put up with this, right? Yep. So um, we know what we signed up for. Uh, I know that. But uh, I think uh, the Red Blacks were put in a, the organi- whole organization was put in a tough spot with that Garrett Marino hit. I've said that before. It's it, it's changed the course of that franchise's history, and it's too bad because well, they were they were set up nicely to be successful. The the team you played in the first two weeks against in the first two weeks mm-hmm. of the season, they were really good. Yep, they were really good. Yep. They they were they were absolutely. I yeah. was looking forward to seeing what they could do. I was glad we won our two games against them and then moved on because they were only going to get better. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, former Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, coach, Winnipeg's finest, Bob Dice, takes over as the interim head coach of the Ottawa Red Blacks for the remainder of the season. 204-780-6868. Plenty more coming with head coach Mike O'Shea on the Coaches Show. Coaches Show brought to you by DeKalb. Book by December 15th and save with the DeKalb Instant Discount. Mike on the text line says, could you ask coach what's his favorite metal band and why is Scorpions. it Pantera? Scorpions. Scorpion, not Pantera. No. All right. Mike, the answer is Scorpions. Uh, I, I like that. I don't, I don't know my me- – when I was a kid, my brother had a Quiet Riot album, and my mom would not let me listen to it because my older brother was dangerous. I don't know. I don't know. He turned out to be totally normal, but for some reason, quiet, if you can imagine, Quiet Riot in the 80s was a real big deal for my mom. I don't, I don't know why that was. It's not really that bad. Uh, Kalen is on the text line. What do you think of the benches being on the same side in the East Division? Uh, it just, you know, it gives you a little bit of a challenge in terms of substitution. Um, sometimes the sight lines, you know, in a couple of places, they haven't moved the 22nd clock. So you're looking down and you can't see it when the play's in that end. You have to look backwards oh, okay. to yep. see the 22nd clock. If you're watching your quarterback operate, your offense operate, and you're trying to see whether or not you need a timeout or something like that, you've got to double take one way or another or step out on the field so you can see the 22nd clock. So I think the they've got to fix a couple of things that maybe they didn't think about. Um, but you got to deal with it. Oh, well, you know, 
It's no, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, from the text line as well, and again, 204-780-6868 for your texts and calls. Uh, any comment from the coach on Craig Dickinson challenging roughing the passer with 21 seconds left? It was roughing the passer. I mean, you want him to not? <laughs> I mean, he's got to... People gotta, believe, well, the game gotta, was over. He's got to support the, his team. He wants to give He wants to give Mason Fine a, an opportunity to get more reps you know, if he wasn't interested in that, he just would have taken knees, mm-hmm. which wouldn't look good either. I mean, I, I think you put him in there so that he can get some reps and see what he can do, partly evaluate him. So, and then, you know, if he gets hit in the head and you don't challenge it, you're just going to say, yeah, I know he hit you in the head, but oh well. You know, that's not right either. So that doesn't, until the, until you read that question, that never even crossed my mind. Yeah. Not a... Not one thought about that. During the game, I didn't go, oh, what's he doing? I was like, yeah, why did we hit him in the head? Yeah. Yeah. Is, uh, Willie coming off the right edge, I mean, gets him across the head. And during the broadcast, uh, forget if it was Doug brought it up. And I'm like, well, I, I kind of would too, because I also want the league to know, hey, uh, he hit my guy in the head. And then supporting your player. I mean, hey, Mason, you were you were struck in the skull, and we're not just going to let that pass because you're, you're one of our guys. I. Yeah, yeah, sure. Didn't didn't even cross my mind till now, just now. All right, let's welcome in Gary on the phone lines. Gary, thanks for your call. Your question for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Yeah, Mike, I don't know how much um, influence you do on, on the money aspect, but I look at when I watch the games when you guys are uh, playing away, half the, half the stands are empty. The only two teams selling out seem to be Winnipeg and Saskatchewan. Do you think this league is going to survive? Absolutely. Okay, you know, so the, the attendance is not that big of a deal. It is a big deal. It always is with the CFL. It's a gate. Dri- it's a it's a gate driven league, one hundred percent. It's a gate driven league, and it, I'm sure it always has been. I think there was a time during the '80s where corporate sponsorship with TV deals and beer deals were pretty, you know, pretty lucrative. Um, but it's for the most part, it's been a gate driven league, and and yeah, I, I love this league, and I also know that it's. Handed out the Grey Cup 109 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. And another comment I had is with Trebler, if he ever came back, would it not be in the league's best interest to get him playing in the East to try and get more more people in the stands? Yeah, I, I think he, these these aren't comments. These are questions. But uh, anyway, I don't think the league controls that. You know, yeah, it does, I, yeah. they, they uh, don't. They don't. <laughs> They don't mandate where a guy goes or or fix where a guy goes to um, balance out or keep competitive the the two divisions. It, you know, a player is going to choose the team. A free agent player is going to choose the team that was going to yeah. best serve him, and he can best serve the team, right? I mean, there's a lot of factors yeah. besides money that go yeah. into that for players. Yeah, I'm looking at something to build the attendance up because I just can't see how this league can stay with two teams. Uh, bringing in most of the revenue. Well, Gary, to your point, there are other leagues that do things like that. Major League Soccer is one that says, hey, David Beckham's going to come. Uh, we're going to make sure he goes to L.A. This guy is, is coming. We're going to put him in big markets. They're, they're run differently, but that does happen in other leagues for sure. Yeah. But uh, I don't look at the leagues. I don't know how they can stay, how they can, this league can function. Well, it, Gary, thank you so much. Appreciate you giving us the call. Okay. Every. Yeah. I've been to games as a fan in Hamilton and Ottawa and uh, Toronto in, in both venues in Toronto. Hamilton and Ottawa are real good football markets. 
Excellent like, markets. Yep. Ottawa is – I was there and everybody was in plaid and it happened to be the Jonathan Hefney game years ago. But they have a lot of fun there. They really do. They have a lot do. of fun in the stadium for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hamilton too. Their crowd was built back up. and That's a beautiful stadium in Hamilton as they, well. Yeah, they've got a new stadium. Ottawa's got a new stadium. They they enjoy themselves. There's diehard fans in Hamilton. I mean, that that city is black and gold through and through. You walk through the, the city and there's – Flags and pennants and stuff everywhere, you know. So, yeah, there's 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 lots of good markets. Everybody has their ups and downs too, and it, sometimes I'm, I mean a lot of times it goes with record. But yeah, I, I'm not a sky is falling guy with the CFL. I think we obviously we're always looking to improve and improve the fans' experience and and um, make sure the level of play and the you know the, is exciting and viable right in each market i don't i don't lay awake at night worrying about that i Mm -hmm. think the cfl has done a um great job of not just surviving but thriving bc and edmonton this year for me had a different feel than bc and edmonton in past years when i walked around near our hotel in bc there was a big activation in front of the art gallery there were advertisements everywhere it, it, this is, I mean, new leadership. It felt like a new era of BC Lions football. The Edmonton Elks, you can't stop them from having great promotional ideas. It's like, and those were two that we were kind of worried about. What would BC be like after David Braley's passing? And they look like they've, they're taking it very seriously. Let's say that it appears to me yeah, as a consumer. Yeah, the new owner has certainly done a, a good job of um putting them back in the forefront and or back in people's minds in the sporting community in, in BC. 204-780-6868, your, your uh, questions, your calls for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. I had never, I don't think before, seen a punt whap off a, uh, a blocker's head before this past game. Had you seen what happened to JT Hassel happen before? You've seen a lot more football than yeah, I have. Yeah, okay. uh, several times, I'm sure. It happens. So JT Hassel is running with uh, the gunner from Saskatchewan, and the ball hits him in the head and bounces it. And in the moment, Doug and I thought, oh, my goodness, that's live. Someone better get on it. And then we missed what you, I, I'm assuming, knew fairly quickly was, oh, I need um, that should be a penalty. Yeah. What, Just, tell me what you saw in that play and what happened. Well, I saw it hit him in the head. So, you know, if, if he's close to the guy he's supposed to block, then there should be a no yards penalty. Once again, you don't just throw your challenge flag, even if you believe it. You try to get it verified uh, on film up in our booth. So, and then you also have to realize that typically no yards penalties are very hard to officiate from the booth because there's no real marker. They don't have that technology they use in tennis where you can see a ball paint the line or not. The old hot you guy, know, yeah. Yeah, whatever it is, they, they don't have that. So there's not a a halo that they can just superimpose on their screen and say that that's the equivalent to five yards. They just have to eyeball it and, you know, do some deductive reasoning in terms of our guy was not in the midpoint between the hashes and their guy was still on the hash. So that's got to be less than five yards, mm-hmm. right? Because there's nine yards between the hashes and, you know, so you can do the math and figure it out. But to say that you're going to win that no yards challenge, I've, I don't, know that I've ever challenged for no yards since you've been able to. I, oh, really? I'm pretty sure I have not. It's because it's just very hard for the booth to see it. 
Well, yeah, because when we see the replay, um, Hassel's in the middle of the field and uh, 24 is on one of the hashes. But if he's three yards back, that's now, uh, you know, Pythagorean theorem. Exactly. Is he five yards? Is he four points? There was another challenge in one of the Saturday games. And you're like, I I get why a coach challenged because he's probably right. But if it doesn't show. Doesn't matter if you're right. Yeah, it it might be 4.9 yards, but if you can't tell that, and because there's no halo, like you say, originating from a beacon that sits on top of the player's head, yeah. you're, you're not going to... Yeah, it's. Yeah, I can appreciate that it's very difficult, you know? Yeah. We thought we had it, and we thought there was going to be enough evidence just by the landmarks um, of where the two players were. I thought that they could figure it out, and they did. I can. I, I have to talk to JT Hassel tomorrow because I'll, he's just doing his job, and then all of a sudden, just out of the sky, he gets hit on the head, and, and what he was expecting, and then saved us a lot of yards. It's it seemed like everything went the way it should have after it struck him in the skull, but I I, I want to hear it from the man himself. Two zero four seven zero sixty eight sixty eight. More with the head coach Mike O'Shea next on six eighty CJOB. Coach's show brought to you by DeKalb. Book by December 15th and save with the DeKalb Instant Discount. 204-780-6868. Or you can always reach out on Twitter at DTONOB. Uh, Zach has a question. He says, which coaches which coaches most inspired Osh in his coaching philosophy? The Osh threw me there for a little bit. Which coaches have had an impact on you? Uh, all of them, really. I mean, you, you, you learn something for everybody. Once again... I've said this many times, but quite probably quite some time ago, I never went into a meeting, a football meeting, you know, and took notes on the coach. I, you know, took notes on the plays and what we were doing. So I never critiqued them, never spent any time or wasted any time deciding whether they were a good coach or a bad coach, just did what they asked you to do. Their name's coach, right? So you do it. Um, in the end, you realize that they, you know, they all have influence on you positively or negatively. You know, you, after your playing career, when you're into coaching, you, you know, maybe can remember if you can remember times that, you know, you thought were, this was good, how he handled it, or this wasn't good, how he handled it. But I mean, all the guys, I mean, pinball was amazing. Matthews, obviously, um, Echeverry, I mean, all all these guys, they, they could all coach very well. And, um, yeah, you, you know, John Gregory was my first coach. These are all guys that, that know how to coach. Adam Rita, <laughs> you know, these guys are I'm, – I'm missing a bunch, but yeah. you, you learn from all of them. Absolutely. You, you said back-to-back Don Matthews and Pinball Clements, and I can't imagine two guys – further away on the spectrum of personalities, but both were, both can, both were great coaches or both, at least very good coaches. Absolutely. Both highly competitive, both extremely intelligent, you know, both, both cared a ton. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, it's a conversation that that's had in sports in certain sectors is you can't be nice in sports. And I'm like, you really, you don't, if you remember Magic Johnson shaking hands with Isaiah Thomas was, well, Larry Bird does it this way. So Magic Johnson can't be smiling. I'm like, I think both guys want to cut your heart out. So it kind of doesn't matter if they shake hands before they get, it doesn't matter that pinball has the biggest smile in the world. He'll, he probably wants to win. He doesn't, you don't get MOP awards and gray cups without wanting to win. Oh, he's hall of fame. Fierce competitor. Fierce. Yeah. It's uh, 
Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you, you, you dropped it on us in the post game show and I went back and watched it today. You guys got two stops on third and inches and third and one. And you mentioned Ricky Walker on one of them. Uh, can you, the stop he made on third and one, can you just, from what you remembered, describe it? And I can, I can, I watched it earlier today so I can explain a little bit of it. Yeah. I mean, not just Ricky, the, you know, the, I played that clip for the group, and it was basically um, applauding the entire defense there because I'll get to Ricky in a second, but on the outside edge, uh, three guys just stuffed that one side, the right side, as we looked at it, defensive right. Um, Evan Holm, Biggie, and somebody else jumped in there and just stacked guys up, you know. But uh, what Saskatchewan did was they pulled a lineman around, and when they did that, Ricky basically backed up to the heel line. So he it basically mimicked a pulling guard, but on defense, came around the into the into the lane and and stacked up Keenan LaFrance and stuffed him in the hole, and then more guys sort of piled in there. But that whole right side had already, you know sort of imposed their will, played with a lot of force to, mm-hmm. to, to dent that side. It, it, was a, it was a thing of beauty. It was, it was really cool to watch. Um, yeah, and it was just a fantastic play. I mean, Ricky Walker is a, is a very talented player. He's tough. I, I watched the clip and just thought most people, Dan Clark would have got a hold of them and that would have been the end of it. But he just, you know, it's not exactly he matrix, matrix is back or glitches back, but just evades the being grabbed right and yep. just slides over to the hole and i thought okay now i see what i have no idea ultimately how good a play it is because That's i don't i don't play. know what you know but i'm like okay i get what coach was talking about because well, he should get just washed over by yeah a line so yeah so just anytime just even not the, just the individual offer which was fantastic but mm. anytime you stop a team in the cfl in third and one or less it's a great play you don't have to even think about it. It's a great play. Yeah. We're given a yard anyway. It's yeah, it, yeah. it's surprising to to see a team uh make that stop twice. From the text line again, 204-780-6868 in the final minutes with the coach. Are the Bombers looking into trade deadlines on October 5th? I don't know. Has the trade deadline ever been a big th- deal in the in the CFL? Oh yeah, 2019 it was. <laughs> just just two great <laughs> cups ago. That's I mean, that's all. I don't know. We we got a good football team. Can I, can I go all options are on the table? I felt I felt like you might drop an all options are on the table, but you can you say do, whatever you want. You do have a good this football is your show, team, isn't it? <laughs> well, I like to think I'm I'm just riding sidecar here. Let's uh, okay. let's not kid ourselves. Uh, yeah, the trade deadline coming up, and trying to think of it's just it's not the same as baseball or hockey or the NFL. I don't even know when the NFL trade deadline is because it doesn't become a big factor. You would it be hard to this is a dumb question because he went on to win two great cups. Would it be hard to incorporate a player that you don't know with four, with three games remaining? Um, not with our group. Okay. We, once again, we've got a tremendous locker room, a tremendous group of guys. Um, I think people come in and, you know, as long as they put an effort into fitting in, then our guys will, you know, help them with that. A lot of guys are pretty like when a new guy comes in. You just it's it's just so pleasing to see what goes on. Veteran, what do you mean? veteran players, they'll take them back, get them started on film, show them what we're doing, show them around, do whatever. Oh, you need a ride? Okay, I'll give you a ride. Oh, you know, like it's 
yeah, it's, they just, they do it right. They do it right. It's, it's really cool to be around. All right. We have a couple more. This is one, uh, we've kind of seen everything from Dalton Schoen. He's got a rookie record now, 11 touchdowns. He is less than, I think, less than 300 yards away from the Bombers' single-season rookie receiving record. I hadn't, every, every he seems to stack skills on skills, and, and I go, okay, well, I haven't seen this then. And then he goes out and wins a jump ball and takes that 64 yards into the end zone. Are we ever going to run into something that Dalton Schoen can't do? Because he's done so much in, in just not even one full season. I don't think so. I mean, I think he's going to continue to get better. Um, the more comfortable he gets with our game, the more he sees, the more defenses he recognizes, the more, you know, conversations he has with with Buck and Bergs and Zach and whoever else, right? I think he's – I think he loves it, you know? So he's. I don't think he's going to stop growing. He's – yeah, He's. he's kind of been everything. We – Outside, we kind of had questions about what will the receiving core look like because Darwin is gone and Kenny Lawler is gone. And my watching Kenny Lawler operate in Edmonton this year, I now get what everybody was talking about last year. People tell me this Lawler is unbelievable. I'm like, okay, I kind of see it. But now I, I really get what Kenny Lawler is. And I think, okay, yeah, I would, I would have paid him that money too watching that guy work. But all of a sudden, here's Dalton Schoen and Greg Ellingson's played half the games. Here's some more Dalton Schoen. And then, oh, by the way, Nick Dembski is an absolute is is a unique player in the CFL. And here's a couple touchdowns for him as well. Couple. He said he said two a game for yeah. I don't know. You can't stop him. He's he's phenomenal. It's it's been incredible. Saturday, it is the Bombers and the Elks. The Elks coming off a loss. Uh, the Bombers with a chance to clinch a West final at home, and uh, that'll be great. Six o'clock, four o'clock, we'll be on with a pregame show, plus all our reports on Coach O'Shea's activities during the week. Coach, thank you so much. Thanks, Derek. We appreciate you being with us. Uh, for the good folks at DeKalb, book by December 15th and save with the DeKalb Instant Discount.